This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the 106th GPL Podcast. For those of you listening live, we're on a little late tonight because, well, people have stuff to do and the Wild were playing the Blackhawks, so that was more important to watch, so that's what we did. Well, and another thing is that uh, Hammy's off in Phoenix, he's on a business trip and so he couldn't join us tonight either, so Viggs, it's just you and I post-watching the Blackhawks beat the Wild. Well, for you, maybe. <laughs> I've, I'm on my own with two little kids tonight, so. Oh, boy, yeah. We'll see. One of them was uh, easy to put down. The other one uh, is still rolling around a little bit. So we might be joined by Henrik at some point tonight. <laughs> hey, let's get him started early. Taking over for Dad. Yep, he's excited to go to a gopher game here one of these days. So Yeah, um, you better get him there. Yeah. <laughs> It's tough, though, these late games, you know. We could use a nice afternoon tilt one of these days. Yeah, there are, you know, yeah, you're right. There really hasn't been any. It's usually at least one afternoon game a year, but not uh, not really this year. Yeah, I do know that the Gophers are trying to really um, go for their season ticket holders to have yeah. Friday and Saturday night games because they've done uh, some polling of them, and, and that's what people wanted. Yeah, but like you said, when you get you know any kid under like even kid under five years old, you know that's kind of late. Even on a, yeah, even on a Friday night, I mean they're they're gonna get tired. I mean they're they're up early, then it's just it's just not really conducive for you know a young family to bring their kids to these games because they're gonna zonk out, and then you just then you're carrying a kid around the entire night. Exactly, and I'm gonna have to step away for just a minute here. Yeah, that's I, that's. I, I, I get it. I think you might be able to hear him. So you're on your own for a couple of nights. <laughs> oh, that's quite all right. Let me tell you, right. folks. Um, I'll be right back. <laughs> it's not a problem. It's it's all good, Viggs. I'll just talk to everybody else who's listening. Go with some questions. Oh, I, I could do that. Um, well, we do have uh, some Twitter questions from earlier that I missed last week. Um, we got Tommy DiMartino talking about, you know, the Gophers have had the same jerseys for a decade now. And obviously they've had the third ones a few times, but uh, he thinks it's time for a new set of home and road unis. And you know, I'm kind of with you, Tommy. I, you know, you see the, you know, I, I've liked some of the, the 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 jerseys that the women's team have worn. Not all of them. Some of them are a little too gaudy, but I've literally liked some of the the patterns they've used. And uh, not all of them, like I said, all the time. But uh, I I don't. I, you're right. They used to change them every four or five years, but it has been a while. Uh, and, you know, we, we've seen that third jersey, whether if it's, you know, the white one with the gophers going across or or obviously the gold one. Um, but for the standard home and road, it, it has really been a while. I mean, they're wearing pretty much the same jersey they wore in the WCHA. So, yeah, who knows? I'd, I'd like to see it, but... Uh, what, what can you do, really? I mean, uh, 
I, a lot of times I think it has to do with their contract with Nike and they don't, they're just, Nike doesn't want to do something different. So, you know, who knows? By the way, if you're, if you're wondering here, Hammy's out, he's on, he's on vacation. He's, he's in Phoenix on business and, uh, Vigo is home alone with two young kids. And obviously he just got pulled away. So I'm kind of winging it here for you guys. I mean, it's, it's the best I can do. What else can I do? Just make it up as we go. I mean, if you want to tweet at me, I'll try to talk with you. You can just use the hashtag GPL podcast, and I'll try to answer your questions um, live as we're doing this. Um, there's other <clears> – well, <throat> oh, there's Viggs. How you doing, Viggs? Yeah, I'm back, you know. I was just talking – well, I, essentially, we were, I was just kind of going over one of the tweets we had from last week, you know, about from Tommy Martino saying, you know, they've kind of had the same home and road jerseys for about a decade now. No really changes. Obviously, they've had the third uniform, but um, he was asking if he thought it was time for a new set, and I kind of agree. I think it's time for a little freshening up on the the standard home and road uniforms. What do you think? No, I definitely think a refresh is uh, due. I know some people really dislike the gold unis. Um, There's a couple specific fans and and one alum, Pat Nicoletti, Uh, but I like that little state logo and the the V and the neck. Um, so I'd like to see them do some sort of new jersey that incorporates that in white. Um, but yeah, I think they're they're due for a refresh. I know, you know, they've been pretty bare bones over there on their budget the last couple of years, just trying to, you know, maintain their program and get their renovations on track. So um, new jerseys are due. Yeah, well, like I was saying, uh, actually talking about, you know, the the women's team kind of refreshes their jersey quite often. I yeah, mean, and they've had some sweet ones. With they the have. I mean, I, I, was, I was mentioning that I didn't like them all, but uh, there there was a few that I did enjoy, and uh, just the way they have the patterns and the colors, uh, it's a it's a good combination. So I I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, I noticed that uh, Goldie the Gopher, when he was at the North Star Cup, was wearing the women's jersey. He wasn't wearing the men's jersey. Now, I don't know if that was just a mistake or whatever, but uh, it's, you know, the women's team, they every few years, I mean, it seems like almost every year they've got something new. Well, they've got their own little budget over there. I think some of that stuff uh, comes from internal fundraising and, uh, you know they've they got their locker room before the men's team did because you know they got some funding right away and you know of course the men were holding out for something a little bit bigger with their renovation. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of what determines some of that stuff. Uh, you know Nike pours money into the football program and that's why <laughs> they get so many uniforms for that because it's a focus. Yeah. Because uh, they can actually make money on a bigger scale doing football jerseys than they can uh, hockey jerseys and that's why places like. Uh, vintage Minnesota hockey pop up. Yeah, because hockey's got that niche uh, niche fan base. Well, definitely. But the thing is, you know, we love to buy jerseys. So I've got a bunch of jerseys. I'm sure I know you've got a bunch of jerseys. Um, uh, I have. I was able to get an, one of the few times you could get an official jersey a few years ago. Um, the last year of the WCHA, um, before that season started, uh, the the university did a, a small order of uh, about 30 jerseys. They ordered extra when they ordered them from Nike. And uh, I was able to get a road jersey from that. And it's uh, it's a nice jersey. It's a good quality. It has the, has the final WCHA patch on it. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we've talked about jerseys before, but, uh, you know, it would be nice if they, if they do get new jerseys that they actually sell the new jerseys that actually look like the new jerseys, Vigs. Yeah, I think hockey fans know the difference between <laughs> the, the replica and what's the real deal. And there's a big difference in quality, so... Yeah, well, it would be nice for the fans to be able to get their hands on that stuff. Well, it, it would be nice if sometimes they, they can't even get the M right on the replicas. Well, they can't get the color right. Yeah, they can't it's get just... The, M right. the secondary stitching is always kind of questionable, so... Yeah. Well, we'll get back to more Twitter questions in a minute here, but uh, we actually had some hockey this past weekend, Viggs, and, uh, you know, everyone was a little concerned with Penn State. Ooh, they had such a great season, but... Uh, you know, whereas I think the Saturday game is a little closer, even though the score doesn't show it. Two solid victories by the Gophers by 5-1 and 5-2. I mean, Pitlick had a couple goals Friday. Um, we obviously had the Bristed hat trick on, on Saturday. We had Camerata, who's really kind of picked up his game the last few weeks, is really starting to shine now. So we've got a lot of good things going for the Gophers right now. Yeah, it was uh, interesting that availability today. Um, I didn't get Bischoff on uh tape for the end of the podcast but he did speak to uh, Chris Long a little bit for KCP they're doing a feature on him and uh, Reggie Lynch on their blocks and he had been talking a little bit about the Penn State series and said you know once they just let their skill take over they just stretched away from Penn State and I think that was really obvious to anyone who's watching the games both nights is once Minnesota kind of settled down and started you know having some sustained pressure in the offensive zone getting their D involved in the cycle, uh, you know, passing the puck, all five guys touching it. You know, they just kind of took over the game. You know, they, they got a couple power play goals over the weekend, and they all were very skillful power play goals. Uh, it was just a dominating performance by them. And good goaltending, too. You know, Eric Shearhorn was steady all weekend. Uh, Penn State came into the series as one of the highest volume uh, shot teams in the country, and uh, Minnesota held them a little under their averages. Um, but they still got plenty of shots both nights, especially on Saturday. And Shearhorn played really well. Didn't didn't leave a lot of secondary scoring chances out there. Well, as a matter of fact, you know, that Friday game, they held Penn State to 29 shots. And that was their season low by, um, I want to say a few. I think their season low before that was maybe 32. Um, but they were held to 29 shots. It was a lot of good team defense that night. Um but also that night, uh, we hadn't seen much from Pitlick lately. He had been kind of quiet with you know just a few points in the last you know eight or so games. But he, he picked up two goals, nice greasy goals as well. And he even said that in post game is that you know the, the the coach is not only telling him to you know shoot more, but also to get down there and get closer in and try to get some of those uh, nice greasy rebounds and greasy goals. Um, so that was one good thing to see, especially on Friday night. Yeah, and they're getting into the area at the right time. I think one of the problems with hockey players as they go up levels is sometimes they skate themselves on the ice, you know, and they're they're so fast, you know, they get there too early and then they get tovered, covered. You know, Pitlick on those situations, he was just, you know, getting into the area around the net at just the right time. Because if a guy his size, you know, gets in there, you know, some of the big trees can, you know, tie him up and prevent him from capitalizing on those chances. But he got there at the right time and, and finished. Uh, Camerata did the same thing on Saturday. He drove the center of the net and got a goal. You know, that's just a player going in the right space at the right time and, and using their skill, which is good to see. Well, speaking of Camerata, he's obviously been the, the topic of the podcast quite often. 
Um, but from his, you know, I would say uh, lack of enthusiasm, lack of competitiveness out there. But uh, he has really picked it up the last few weeks. And obviously, you know, had a big goal Saturday night. Um, his efforts there, his passing is there. Uh, he seems to have really turned it around. Yeah, he seems to think, you know, he's getting a, a real good opportunity right here. You know, he's playing with um, Letary and Bristat um, here and there, and the, those guys play well together. You know, he's got some hardworking guys on the ice with him. Um, Bristat's just a, a fantastic player, you know, getting in on the forecheck. And he was a player who early in the season was trying to do a little too much. You know, he's trying to make one too many moves. And when you pair him out there with a guy like Camerata, you know, he can give the puck to Cammy, and then Cammy can create some offense. So he's he's not having to do it on his own. So it's a, it's a good combination of players out there. You know, I mean, Terry's shooting the puck well, too. Yeah, but but I also think that Camerata seems to have uh, boosted his effort. You know, he's he's digging in the corners. He's, you know, you know he's not the fastest guy, but he's trying. He, he, he just seems like he, he is a little faster, and he's a little more alert to what's going on. He's just giving a better effort than he was for the past year. Yeah, I mean, the, there's competition in the lineup, and that's yeah. probably part of it. He knows that if he's not engaged, you know, using a quick stick, you know, he's not a guy who's going to get real heavy on a forecheck, but he's going to get in there, dart in, quick stick, and, and get out of there um, and make a play. And he's doing that, and I think he's just he's just more engaged right now, which is good to see for, for this team's future. Well, it definitely is, because I think if this team... Uh wants to go far in the NCAAs, they're going to need uh, players like him to kind of chip in here and there, and maybe a, a Connor Riley as well. They, they need to kind of pick up their game towards the end of their Gopher career here if the Gophers want to do anything. We've seen it from Vinny Letary. He's been kind of on that steady upward slope his entire career. Cammy obviously been up and down, Riley up and down, mostly due to injury, but we're going to need those older guys to contribute if this team's going to be successful. Yeah, Don Lucia complimented Connor Riley for the way he's embraced his role that he needs to play right now. And, um, you know, in the audio today, he talks a little bit about what Connor needs to do to play well for this team right now. And Lucia thinks that Connor's been a little snake bit on some of his scoring chances. I think we've seen flashes of him with that one timer um, getting, you know, he does that shot and stride very well. Um, so he's got that potential to, to, to maybe chip in a goal or two here. Uh, but he's also a player who kind of, you know, needs that confidence to be successful in those chances. So, you know, if he gets one or two here coming up, you know, maybe he'll start chipping in a little bit more frequently. Well, all in all, it was a good weekend. I mean, obviously, at the time, Penn State was just a, a point. What I think they were just a point back at the time, or maybe two points. And uh, now they've put in some decent distance between them and Penn State, and actually Ohio State too. But uh, surprise, surprise, uh, the Badgers are still right with Minnesota Vigs. They are for real, and they're going to be a top. They're going to be finished first or second in this league, I think. Yeah, I think when we went into that series, we were talking about the one thing holding back Wisconsin was their goaltending. You know, they've got some good center depth. They've got some uh, good talent up front um, with with Bessie as a scorer as well. They've got good special teams. Um, but the problem is they're goaltending a little bit. So they, they got on a little bit of a streak here with some, some good goaltending, and now their offense took over in that Michigan State series. 
Uh, those weren't exactly tight games. So Wisconsin's playing fun hockey, and, uh, you know, they're going to be right in it till the end. Um, you know, that series at the end of the month here uh, with Wisconsin coming to Minnesota looks like it could be a, a division decider. No, I definitely agree. It's going to be... It's going to be a big series. Uh, obviously, it's been a long time since we've had a quote-quote big series with Wisconsin, but uh, I'm thinking, like you said, at the end of the month, uh, Wisconsin coming to town, it's uh, uh, Mariucci could be rocking again for a Badger series. Yeah, I thought the atmosphere in the arena actually for the Saturday Penn State game was really good. Yeah, you know, that's we've, been, we've been kind of saying how bad the, the scan to ticket attendance has been um, I think that Saturday game it probably rivaled the North Dakota game in terms of how many people actually showed up the disappointing thing is that the people between the blue lines are the ones who aren't showing mm-hmm. for whatever reason uh, if those corporate seats can't get excited for you know two top 10 teams playing they might be able to get excited for Wisconsin when they come to town well I certainly hope so because you know uh, obviously, we've talked about attendance, and we've been following attendance, or you've been following the attendance issues for the last few years. Um, but you're right. Uh, they actually did sell quite a few tickets this past weekend, 95 75 Friday and 99 63 for Saturday. So um, besides North Dakota, those are definitely the top games of the year, and it was against Penn State. I mean, a, a team that everyone didn't want to play when we went to the Big Ten, but uh, it looks like the fans showed up this weekend, obviously – Corporate seats is has been a long issue, um, but uh, I, I thought either you said or maybe it was uh, Nate that said that uh, we obviously had the missing seats in the between the blue lines, but the ends were pretty darn packed. Yeah, the students have been good all year. They have, you know, those those seats where the donation levels are pretty low or non-existent on the ends. You know, people are buying those seats, so um, that's not been the problem. I do think Penn State's done a nice job. You know, if you're looking for a model for how to build a program in oh, Division yeah. One college hockey, it's uh, get a businessman like uh, Terry Pagula to, to give your school the $60 million or whatever it takes to uh, build a, a great rink that people want to go to and uh, endow all the scholarships and, you know, the, the salaries for the coaches. Um, it's pretty phenomenal to see what they've done. Um, you know, their top scorers are, are freshmen and sophomores. So they're they're going to be, you know, this team for a while. I don't think they're probably going to schedule hard non-conference teams right away because they're still trying to build their program. Um, it's kind of like one of those big football programs, you know, where they don't <laughs> they schedule some cupcakes here to, to, you know, make it so their conference schedule decides whether or not they get a bowl game. You know, they don't want to handicap themselves by playing a schedule like Minnesota does. Yeah, well, um, they definitely. But they, they didn't play very well on Friday. I thought they played better on Saturday. Um, Minnesota is just way more talented. And, you know, we're going to see just in a couple weeks because, you know, we had to Ohio State this weekend, and then we're right back on the road again against Penn State, and that's going to be a much much tougher challenge for Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, on the road in their building, uh, they're going to be looking for some revenge. I don't think they felt good about the way they played. Um, their penalty kill didn't uh, look very good against Minnesota, even though they didn't put Minnesota on the power play very often, so... It should be another fun series. They they bring a lot of traffic to the net. Um, Eric Shearhorn talked about that. He's yeah. he said, "Yep, they they just throw the puck and throw bodies at you. So you got to be on your game when you play them." So could be a little bit different at the next series, but I I think if Minnesota can you know really focus on maintaining possession in the offensive zone, 
get in the cycle, not just taking the first chance you get, yeah. but having some sustained pressure, they'll be successful against a team like Penn State. Well, before we go forward with uh, more Twitter questions and taking a look at Ohio State, let's listen or hear from our uh, sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Well, Viggs, we've got a couple more Twitter questions that were left over from last week that I missed. So uh, let's uh, take a look at them. I know Tim Hapke, this is definitely more relevant for last week, but he was wondering, uh, is it time to move Pitlick down and try someone else with Clues and Sheehy? Pitlick only has two points in the last eight games. Norman, maybe? Well, we found out that uh, obviously she didn't move him down, and Pitlick had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, I mean, Pitlick's in a pretty good spot. You know, yeah. I, I responded to Tim. I was like, uh, I think they like him where he's at, and uh, you can see why by the way he played on Friday. I definitely can. He definitely turned it up. Um, Webster Slaughter wants to know, what's the biggest surprise so far, biggest disappointment, and what must the team do to be considered a real NCAA threat, Viggs? Um, I think the biggest surprise to me is to see Letary score as much as he has. Yeah. yeah. Um, we all kind of saw him improving and knew how hard he was working on the game, but to actually see the numbers happen is kind of a surprise. I, I don't think anybody was really expecting him to be one of the leading scorers on this team. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a disappointment for me, um, I think Steve Johnson's regressed a little bit this season. Okay. Yeah. I think um, last season he was really starting to become a dynamic player on the blue line. You know, he was able to walk across the to the middle and get shots. Um, this year, for whatever reason, you know, he's kind of uh, played a safer game. Uh, hasn't looked as good as on the power play as he did last year. Um, so I think that's a little bit of a disappointing thing. And then, you know, Jack Glover, obviously the shoulder injuries were a little more significant than we thought. Yeah. And it's hard for him to get back in the lineup. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, and then the last part is, can this be, team be a national title contender? For sure. If Shearhorn's playing like mm -hmm. this and special teams is clicking like this, uh, they definitely have a good shot at being the number one seed and you know, probably going to Providence would be a better better fit for them than going to Fargo. Oh, I, I, I definitely agree there. Um, and Well, speaking of that, you know, with the two wins this weekend, Minnesota did move up to number four in the pairwise. With, you know, the USCHO bracketology right now, that does put them as one of the number one seeds. And and uh, they put Minnesota out in Providence. Um, I guess that wouldn't be such a bad thing for Minnesota. I, I uh, obviously, a lot of people probably like to travel, but uh, 
I'm thinking the, the Fargo uh, regionals already been sold out for a while, so getting tickets for that might be difficult unless you already have them. Um, so uh, if you want to see the Gophers in person, one of the other regionals is a, is a better bet. But, I mean, it's been a while since we've been high up there in, in, in the in the pairwise VEs. And number four, if they can keep winning here, they'll probably stick to an, at least a one or two seed. Yeah, I know that uh, Jim Dahl's college hockey ranked. Uh, says if Minnesota wins um, six to nine games, you know they have a chance of staying in the top four. Um, so, you know that's not a whole lot. Uh, it all kind of depends on how some of the other teams do. But you know, as long as they keep winning, you know they'll be in the argument for a one seed. Well, that would definitely be good. And that was kind of one of the questions that uh, State of Hockey had earlier. He said that uh, now that we're as of now a number one seed, does this team have what it takes to win a national title? And I, you know, it's it's really just a crapshoot. I mean, so much goes into it. I mean, literally, even a lot of luck goes into it, and a bounce here or there. I mean, we've definitely seen that. Um, but like Vigo, you said, you, they, you, they've got the talent to do this, but uh, it, it's 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 a lot more than talent. We know that. Well, it takes hard work, especially in these one and done tournaments. You know, sometimes you don't get a chance to go on the power play or. You know, you, you give up a couple opportunities where you have to kill off penalties. You know, so it's it's a very difficult tournament, the NCAAs for hockey. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't have an off game. Um, the one positive thing with this year's Gopher team is we're seeing them score goals lots of different ways. Uh, you're seeing them score shorthanded. You're seeing them score in the power play. You're seeing them score five on five on the rush and off of possession. So, you know, this is a team that has a lot of different ways to score, and it's got a lot of scoring depth. So as long as they get good goaltending, you know they're going to be in the in the picture. Via the Mixler listening app, Sioux Falls wants to know: with Hammy being a no show, can we uh, get Don our fake Don Lucia on? <laughs> um, I have no idea, idea who fake Don Lucia is. Do you, Viggs, have any idea? Um, I've I've heard some rumors about who fake Don Lucia is. I I don't have a good guess at this point. But I know he's a very ho- knowledgeable hockey individual. Yeah. And uh, if we could get you know some sort of uh, voice scrambler for him, <laughs> I think he'd I think he'd consider it from from what I've heard. Um, I I, uh, I know people who have said they know who it is, um, but they they won't tell me, and uh, uh, that's just fine. I kind of like the mystery. Um, I think if we knew who it was, it it kind of wrecked the whole joke. So. Uh, uh, it, I think it's an outstanding account. It always has been, and he's pretty funny, and he sticks with it. So uh, He does a great job. He does. It's. It, I like spoof accounts that don't take themselves too seriously, and obviously uh, fake Don Lucia's biggest you know, concern is always his hair. So uh, your hair looks great, fake, so just keep up keep up the work. Um, another Twitter question here, Viggs, from Eric Raymond. He wants to know if Shearhorn loses his stick, happens a lot, question mark, should one of his skaters give him their stick? You know, we see a you know, forward give a defenseman uh, a stick a lot of times when they lose their stick. Um, would it make sense for a defenseman or another player to give their stick to Shearhorn? I think it's kind of up to goalie preference. Okay. Um, if they would be okay with a skater stick. But the only way you want to have that happen is if it's a forward. You never really want yep. a defenseman or center giving the goalie their stick. Because those guys are the ones that are so important at winning back possession and clearing oh, yeah. the zone. 
And on the big ice at Mariucci, you know, those wings aren't just hanging around the net when that happens too often. And perhaps Shearhorn is more confident just playing without it until he gets his goalie stick back. Could be. And like you said, it probably is. It's a goalie preference, so uh, kind of never really know what's going to go on there. Uh, State of Hockey with another question. Um, what players are we going to lose off of this team going into next year? Any early exits? You know, that's always a, a hard <laughs> thing to figure out. Um, Justin Kloos hinted that Leon uh, Bristed might be a four-year player today at availability. Um, Leon will definitely have offers to advance to uh, an NHL contract, I think, eventually. You know, he's a hard worker um, with a lot of skill. Um, he's been battling through injury this year. Um, and has been producing. So uh, I think that's a that's a good selling point to an NHL team. Of course, Tyler Sheehy, uh, undrafted free agent, who's a, a very solid build kind of guy, uh, top scorer on this year's team. You know, he'll probably get offers at the end of the year to, to turn pro. Um, so we'll see. Um, some of the bigger defensemen, you know, some of those teams decide that they need to grab players for depth Yep. And they feel like those guys need to play a year of AHL hockey anyway to get to the pros. And with the expansion draft coming, you know, some teams might have holes in their lineup that they want to fill sooner rather than later. All right. Remember, if you have questions for us, you know, uh, during the week or, you know, up, right up until the show starts or during the show, just use the hashtag uh, GPL podcast on Twitter and we'll, we'll try to answer them. And obviously I'll try not to miss them like I did uh, – this past week, so you know, we'll see. I think um, we're all caught up, though, right? Yeah, I, we might be. I'm, I'm scrolling through here. I think we're pretty caught up. Um, Viggs, um, you're doing a little extra writing off the side here for Minnesota Hockey Magazine. Uh, more recently, you're, put, you're putting together a, uh, an article on uh, Grant Patoni. So why don't you tell us about that? When's that going to come out, and what, what what's it kind of uh, entail? Well, it should be this week. Uh, you can look for it online. I know in the Stillwater area, they'll have uh, printed copies here pretty soon uh, that you'll be able to pick up. There's a lot of coverage in the, the magazine this month about Hockey Day Minnesota and, and Stillwater hockey. Uh, so lots of good reads in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I, I talked to Patoni about you know how he got into to being with University of Minnesota as a player um, and how he kind of fit in with the school. And, you know, he wasn't... You know, a high skill guy when they they brought him in, and then his freshman year he scores twenty goals, and you know the next year he's named a captain, and you know they win two titles, and and he kind of grows into this role at Minnesota as being a big part of that success. And um, after his pro career, um, timing just kind of matched up. Uh, Lucia uh, had a volunteer coach that you know was having a hard time juggling the coaching responsibilities, and then his real life job. And it was an unpaid thing. And he thought, you know, Grant would be a great fit for that position. You know, a younger guy to connect with everybody on the program. And then uh, Mike Hastings decided to leave. So Lucia kind of had this uh, big decision to make. You know, does he elevate Grant into that job who's got no coaching experience? Or do they play something safe? And um, Don took a chance. And, you know, he's probably, Grant has probably gone through some ups and downs of, you know, learning how to coach and be on a big-time D1 staff. Um, but he's won two gold medals uh, with the World Junior Team, and, you know, he's he's grown a lot as a coach. Well, he definitely has. Uh, make, make sure you check that out. It's Minnesota Hockey Magazine, correct? 
Yeah, Minnesota Hockey Magazine, and I'll, I'll be tweeting it out when it's uh, online. And um, there's some good stuff from Leon Bristad in there, too, uh, about yeah. how he got recruited. Because uh, Grant was kind of his only point of contact up until his official visit. And the way it is now with official visits, uh, you're pretty much committed once you take it. So it was Grant <laughs> that got him here. Thank you, Grant Patoni, for many things. <laughs> Um, well, here we go, Viggs. Uh, heading to Ohio State. Um, obviously, it's going to be a tough weekend playing the Buckeyes. Um, we split with them at Mariucci earlier this year. Pretty pretty good game Friday night. Saturday night, they blew us out. Um, one thing that we always have when you go to Ohio State, you're going to have a decent team, but you're going to have a morgue as an arena. That place is a cavernous 15,000-seat arena. And they'll probably have less than 5,000 there. So it's not just the team you're playing against. It's the just awful atmosphere, almost like a regional atmosphere that you're going to have this weekend. And that's something they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, you're going to have to bring your own juice for that one. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, obviously Ohio State, it's a wonderful arena, but uh, they just don't have uh, the crowds to be able to fill it and, if anyone needs a smaller rink on campus, it's definitely Ohio State. Yeah, you think if they had a Penn State-sized arena on campus, they'd be in great shape. It'd probably um, be a rocking place. Yeah, it probably would be. You know, a school as big as Ohio State, you could probably get enough fanatics committed in a smaller building where there's some atmosphere and it's a little bit more fun. You know, even uh, the Badger fans had a hard time creating atmosphere when they had a half-empty building. So, yeah. I mean, uh, well, what about the hockey though? I mean, they obviously came here and took it to us the last time we played. Um, all they I mean, Gophers pretty much handled well, didn't handle them. They beat them every game last year, but um, Ohio State's a concern. I mean, they've been up and down recently, but uh, uh, Don Lucia picked them to win the Big Ten League this year. So, uh, and they've been getting some guys back from injury. So this is not an easy weekend at all. No, the Gophers took care of Ohio State last year in a bunch of one-goal games. It wasn't yeah. like the Gophers were like dominating this program. Two or three so, overtimes, too, wasn't it? It was quite a few. Yep, yep. there were a bunch of overtime games in there, and um, Steve Rolick's got a team that can skate. You know, he's got a lot of skilled players, yeah. especially up front at forward. Um, they've got two dangerous power play units. Um, I think they went 7 for 13 against Michigan last weekend Ooh. on the man advantage. Um, uh, Rick Schilke is second in the NCAA in power play goals with 11. And he just came off of a four-game injury stint and had three and three against Michigan as well. So this is a skilled team. Um, Don didn't pick them for no reason. Uh, they're they're tough. Well, yeah, their, their power play numbers are pretty darn scary. I mean, in, in the Big Ten alone, they're well over thirty percent, aren't they? Yeah, it helps when you go seven for thirteen <laughs> in a league game. <laughs> and that's something you could see Penn State pulling off against. Uh, you know. Arizona State or something, but to do it against Michigan is pretty impressive. Yeah, even though Michigan's down, but to do it against Michigan, like you said, at, wasn't it at Michigan too? I believe. Yeah. So uh, to going into Yost and, and having that good of a power play, um, well, having that good a power play against anybody is pretty impressive. So, and they've done it all year long, and they just really kind of kicked it up a notch in the Big Ten season. Um, 
I would say Vegs, a, a split would be uh, the best we can ask for now. Obviously not the best, but uh, I think we would be happy with a split this weekend because Lucia is always like, you know, win most of your games at home, split on the road, you're going to have a good season. So I'm thinking if you could sneak out a win Friday night, you're already you're already winning uh, when it comes to for the entire weekend. Yeah, I think a split would, would be okay coming out of this weekend. You know, Minnesota, the way they're playing right now, you know, they're doing so well in special teams. Their penalty kill has been outstanding. You know, if they can neutralize the Buckeyes that way, you know, they could come out with two because I, I think five on five, they're playing very, very well. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'm a little worried about this weekend for Minnesota is the Penn State series, the officiating, let a lot of stuff go. Um, the only they thing they, they, they went after was the, the too many men on the ice. And I, I heard a little bit because that's because Penn State has been identified as the team that, that pushes line changes. Um, I, I remember seeing it last year. You know, they've got guys coming at one end of the bench, and the guy jumping on the other end, and it's like a 70-foot change. You know, I think Wisconsin was a team that, that really pushed the line on that too. Um, so that was really the only thing that got called during that series was too many men on the ice. Um, so you, know, you never know what kind of officials you'll have when you get – a little bit further away from the West. So if you see a tighter game, you could see more penalties. It might take the Gophers a while to adjust. It's always easier to adjust, you know, doing more than yeah. doing less. Well, this past weekend, the Friday night game, the 5-1 victory, um, it got to like the last few minutes until Minnesota saw their first power play of the game. Um, and I, I was going back trying to think in my head, when's the last time that Minnesota – did not have a single power play in a game. And uh, who knows how far back that would have been. And so, you know, it got to the point, you know, they scored they scored a power play goal, which is great. But uh, what was it, like three or four minutes left in the game until they saw their first power play against Penn State? Yep, and it was just a crew that, um, you know, didn't want to be sticklers <laughs> for the law. And, you know, the players didn't, you know, step over the line and egregiously start getting their sticks into bodies. Um, the, you know, they, Unless they you were a referee. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Zach Starr is a big man, so when he puts yes. a stick up, it's it's pretty easy to nick a ref. But, uh, you know, they didn't call very much, you know, that resulted in power plays. They definitely didn't. So, uh, well, I, I'm thinking if the Gophers get a sweep this weekend, obviously. And as you can hear, the recording just stopped on its own while we were doing the podcast, and we lost about uh, three or four minutes of the podcast. Sorry, folks. Uh, it happens. We'll just have to keep on going, and uh, we'll pick it up where it started recording again. People going to Ohio State, um, <laughs> Gopher State, Nate Wells is for once not making the trip. So I don't think we have any local people going to the game. So watch them on Big Ten, Big Ten Network, There's and a lot listen of games to, left. to Frank and Wally. Definitely. They'll be there. And, and, and even better, Viggs, is that uh, the recording stopped recording for about three or four minutes there. So we're going to have a big gap in the podcast. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that awesome? Ugh, computers. I should really get a new computer here, Viggs. Well, you know, maybe we need another sponsor. <laughs> if anyone out there wants to sponsor us, feel free to shoot uh, – Jupa, slide into his DMs. Well, it just means that, you know, a lot of people listening live got to hear the whole thing and uh, some of the other parts there, you know, some people didn't get to hear. That's just the way it is. You just do what you can. Just work what we've got with. 
Well, remember, you can follow Vigo on uh, Twitter, at EVigo. And obviously, he's got a great article coming out uh, real soon here on Minnesota Hockey Magazine about uh, you know, Grandpa Tony. So make sure you check that out. Would you say maybe this weekend the digital version comes out? Yeah, I think maybe tomorrow. And, and okay. once it comes out, I'll probably start tweeting out some yeah. of the quotes that didn't make it. You know, I've got some interesting stuff in there from uh, Leon on uh, – you know why he chose Minnesota, and, and some of the things that you know Grant does that other coaches don't do, and the facilities yeah. that were attractive, and then um, some quotes on Grant on on coaching philosophies. Yeah, well, make sure you guys check that out. Uh, and Vigo tweeted out here, and uh, once it's once it goes live, you know we'll be back next week. We'll recap the series in Columbus, and then we'll preview the series in Happy Valley, heading back to Penn State. Until then. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. I feel like I need a blindfold and a cigarette when it comes to <laughs> Wow. Depends on the Ooh. year. Yeah, that's true. Or <laughs> the weekend. Right. Uh, Eric Schuhorn, a couple of bumps, but seems to be fully back in form now. You have to be um, encouraged by what he's done lately. It's something when we when he, we broke at Christmas, uh, I know that we talked about just kind of resetting yourself. Um, we know he's a, he's a good goaltender. He had his struggles the first half of the season, but... You know, we won some games, you know, with uh, scoring some goals, but we knew the second half of the season if our penalty kill was going to improve, um, if our team defense was going to improve, that uh, he had to have better numbers. And, you know, s- since Christmas, our, our penalty kill is 92.5%. Uh, our goals against is two, and coincidentally, a save percentage is 9.32. You know, so there's a big reason why we haven't been giving up as many goals or our penalty kill numbers have improved and, and that's going to be critical from here on out uh, is how well that he plays. Getting set to play Ohio State and you do video, you just put the last game in, push play and walk out of the room. No, you know what? Uh, yeah, they're getting healthy again. I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, I, they, I think they have six forwards averaging a point a game. Uh, they went through a stretch the last couple months with injuries um, and, you know, Shulky was out for a few weeks and Joshua was out, and I think Jopes was out, Weiss was out, so their key guys were out, and now they're back. I felt going into the year, I picked them to win the league. I think they're as talented as anybody. Uh, their group of forwards are, are scary good, uh, so our team discipline is going to be important, and they lead the country in their power play percentage. I think they're, they were 7 for 13 last weekend against Michigan, and I think they're 38% in the Big Ten, so uh, we got to do a good job in that area and play well defensively because we, we just don't want to get in a run-and-gun match with them. How important is aggression for Shearhorn to continue making all the saves? Well, uh, when he's at the top of the crease, when he's square, like any goaltender, that's when he's when he's at his best. And you know, when you're playing under the crossbar, I mean, you're just giving up a lot more net. Just talking to Frank as he observed him, you know, since Christmas time, he says you guys are just flying since then. Whatever, it, did, did something happen? Is it just because it looks like you guys are on the power play all the time right now? Well, we're, we're getting better. We're improving. Uh, you know, it, it, it took a weekend or so to just navigate now without Tom. Um, we got good play out of a couple of seniors last weekend with Camerata and, and Connor Riley, and I think hopefully that's a good sign for us uh, the rest of the season. You know, we're scoring enough right now, but f- from here on out, it, we want to continue with good specialty team play, and our goals against it will be what ultimately decides our fate at the end of the year. 
Uh, Jake Bischoff is playing some of his best hockey, I mean, sort of under the radar. What do you like about his game on the ice and his leadership? He, he, he can do it all. Um, you know, he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. You know, he's got every tool in the box, and he can defend. He can play in the power play, four and four, and uh, block shots. Um, you know, I, I think he's good, been as good as any defenseman in our league and certainly playing at a certainly all-conference and all-American level. With, you mentioned block shots with him. Is that a stat that maybe more than any kind of shows you what somebody's made of? Oh, there's no question. You know, you got to take a little bowl of captain courage to go on. It doesn't feel good. I know that even uh, like Sunday, you know, Jeff, our trainer, texts us about, you know, the weekend who needs a lot of ice bags. I said, well, that's a good sign. This time of the year, you're going to need a lot of ice bags on a, on a Sunday after two games set. So he's a guy that's not afraid, you know, to go on and, you know, take one uh, at critical moments to help us win games. What is it about Ohio State's power play that makes them so effective? Skill, shooters. Um, you know, I mean, one they got two a little bit different looks in their power play, but they they have such a deep group of forwards. I think that's really the key that you know you throw out six or seven forwards, it can move the puck and finish like they can, and that's what a power play is. I mean, it, it you got to have some shooters, you got to have some passers, and you know, they have a great combination. They can score off the rush, they can score in the zone. I've watched them score a face-off, so they, they can score just about any manner. The staff kind of talks about finding their B game. Connor Riley's played a different style than when he was scoring all those goals. What is his strength on the ice when he's playing well? I think his pace of play. I mean, he can – obviously he still has good hands, and he's been a little bit snake-bitten as far as he hasn't scored a goal in a while. But um, if he can contribute defensively, uh, playing smart, I think that's the important thing. Like, he uh, picked up an assist last weekend, and going in, I just tell him, don't worry about offense. Help our team win. That's the bottom line. What can you do as a senior and as a captain to help our team win? And he did exactly what we wanted on Saturday night, and he continues to play like that. I, I just think he'll get rewarded with some goals here at the end, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if he scored a couple of really big ones here down the stretch. Given up uh, more than three goals only once since the last time you played Ohio State, do you think kind of defensively it's been a reaction to the last time you played Ohio State? Well, I think it's part of it. You know, Eric's playing pretty well, too. I mean, you know, if, if, if that game we gave up eight, I think it was not a goaltending highlight reel, that's for sure. Um, you know, we left him out to dry a little bit. But, you know, I think that was probably a little – you know, maybe the punch in the nose that, that we needed. Uh, we went to Michigan State after that. I think we gave up about low 30 shots combined for the two games, gave up two each night. And so it's been a continuation of that. But at the same time, now we're going to see a much more prolific offensive team than we've seen since the last time we played Ohio State, too. What are your defensive points of emphasis this weekend? Um, team discipline, I think that's got to be critical that, you know, we want to give them five or six power play opportunities. You know, if we, like Penn State, we gave them two each night. You know, if we can keep them to two or three power plays a night, then that's something that's manageable. Um, I, obviously, not giving up outnumbered situations. It make sure we have a good F3 high and a good retrieval game, getting out of our zone clean and, you know, like any sport, you know, taking care of the puck. You know, you got to take care of the puck to win games. Everyone healthy? Uh, yep, other than Novak. I think on Briston's hat trick, is that a um, break point for him, you know, just a uh, great coming out, or has he been fairly consistent on that? Well, I think he's been consistent. I think early in the year, he, he at times he's trying to do too much with the puck, and he end up, you know, turning it over all the time and killing some offensive chances. And I think he's done a better job recently of, of taking care of it. Uh, you know, we know he can score, and uh, we hope that you know that's going to be a continuation. But you know, that's what's at the third different player that's had a hat trick this year, second or third. And I think that's just our team. You know, we're, we don't have to rely on one or two guys. It, it can be a different line every night, and I think that's a good thing.
about his versatility and playing with the many different line combinations that he has? Well, he can play either way. I mean, he's got that, that high skill level. He can play well on his off wing. Uh, it's a, you know, when you come in off, like that fifth goal he scored, you come in off your weak off wing and you're able to one-time a puck in that situation for that goal off the pass from Steve. And um, that's the, one of the positives about when you can play in the off wing like that. But he's got enough skill he can catch those passes on the back end and make plays. Has anything felt different the last several weekends? Because the play has looked fantastic. Yeah, uh, I think it, it has felt different. I think I've been a little more aggressive, um, and that just translates to me being a better goaltender and, and feeling more confident in the net on uh, just every situation, really, in the game. On top of that, how, is it, how important is it for the decoy in front of you to be playing really, really well? Yeah, I mean, it's important for everyone on our team. Uh, you need a full team effort to win a game. That's just, I mean, it's cliche, but it's a fact. So uh, everyone's got to be, be doing their part, and they have. Somebody mentioned the line between being aggressive and not making a dumb mistake kind of thing from a goaltender standpoint. Uh, you can't think about making a dumb mistake. You, I mean, you just got to be aggressive and, um, you know, Whatever save selection you make, whatever whatever read you make on a play, you just got to stick with it regardless. So you can't be thinking about, you know, I, I don't want to be too aggressive. Somebody mentioned you might have changed pads. Did that make any difference at all? Is that superstition? Is that function? Is it, is it a lie? Um, I did change pads. I think it does make a difference. Uh, I just I went with an inch, half an inch shorter um, on, on my pads at the start of this year, and I went back to my old pads, and I just feel like I... I get better support, and they're a little different, and I just move better in them and just feel better. When did you make the switch? Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys think a lot about the Big Ten championship, the regular season champs, or is it more about this NCAA tournament how far you go? No, we're, we're thinking Big Ten championship. I mean, that's our goal. Uh, we want to win championships uh, at the start of every year, so so we're not just thinking, looking ahead to the NCAA tournament. We want to take care of business in the Big Ten first. Last week, part of the instruction was to get the puck clear it safely out of the chaos zone in front yeah. of the net. Did that lead you to, to playing differently, better, different posture? Uh, you just look more upright and challenging. Yeah, um, I don't know if it made me play any different, but you know, you're kind of conscious of it. So we worked a lot in practice uh, deflecting rebounds with my stick, and, and coaches told me, you know, you got to cover everything. Because um, we—that's how Penn State got their offenses. Uh, you know, they get rebounds and then they they start going in zone. So, uh, I guess I, I thought about it, but I didn't, I didn't change my game because of it. So you won't change again this weekend? No. Not changing the pads back to the new ones? No, staying with the old pads. Doing pretty well with the new old ones. Ohio State's uh, power play is pretty prolific. What are your keys as a goalie against that unit? I mean, I just got to make the first save. Uh, that's that's my job, and and. Uh, then it's kind of my defense job to, to clear everything and, and get 200-foot clears, too. So uh, that's that's kind of what I'm going to focus on. I'm sure uh, coaches will get us prepped on what their tendencies are. So when, once they do that, we'll kind of know what to look for, whether it's a seam pass or backdoor plays. So let's we'll go from there. Is it hard to kind of prep for that until you see it? Um, a little bit. But, uh, I mean, we played them earlier in the year, so you, you kind of have a sense of what they do. But, I mean, it, Nobody does anything different really than anyone else. It's just a few plays here, here and there, so it's not too big of adjustment week to week. Thoughts on Leon Bristow's hat trick? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, that he, he, uh, for lack of a better term, he made the, the goal look kind of silly on the first one. But that's <laughs> that's kind of what Leon does. So happy for him.
What was the reaction in the room after the game towards the half trip? Yeah, it was big. We, we knew how big it was for not just our team, but for Leon. And we're all happy to, to see any of our teammates succeed like that. So it was, it was great. Uh, Don called Jake Bischoff a Swiss Army knife of defense. He, yeah, he can do it all. Uh, I mean, you just, as a goaltender, you feel really confident when you see Bish in front of you because you know he's going to lay his body on the line to block a shot. Uh, but, I mean, he also he had three assists Saturday night, too, so he can do it all. How different do things feel the way Eric Shearhorn's been playing over the last couple of months? I mean, he had a couple uh, adventurous games, but he seems to have really steady things. Yeah, he's been awesome. Uh, kind of like I told you guys at the beginning of the year, you know, we weren't worried. Uh, he's a competitive kid, and he's gotten into a rhythm, and he's playing very confident, really good hockey for us. And, you know, that's the reason why we've had a lot of success, uh, I guess, uh, the second half of the season. So, yeah, he's solid, and uh, we have no problems on the back end. You guys are in position now where we can start talking top seed in a region. You guys start to feel you are one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, I mean, in the locker room, there's never really a big question. You know, you look at our season, we had, you know, one, one bad weekend early in the early in the year. I think it was like the second weekend against St. Cloud, bad weekend. Other than that, I mean, we've been, you know, had okay weekends, but other than that, we've just had, you know, pretty solid weekends, get a sweep or split almost every, I think every weekend other than that one. So, uh uh, we're really confident in ourselves, um, and we're looking forward to you know big challenge this weekend and a big challenge the weekend after. So these next four games are going to be uh, very important for the outcome of the Big Ten uh, Conference Championship, and that's our focus right now. How important has depth been for you know just the team's performance in general? Really important. Um, we uh, obviously have a lot of guys that contribute. Uh, whether it's, you know, Norman the last couple of weeks popped in a couple of huge goals for us or um, Gates coming on, uh, you know, the season. Uh, obviously, it hurts when guys go down as uh, important as Tom, but uh, with our depth, we've been, we found ways to win and um, growing, uh, you know, we have confidence that it's growing as well uh, with uh, winning through, you know, injuries and, you know, uh, tough times, people sick, stuff like that. If you agree with this, that you're playing better now than you were in the first half of the season, what's the difference? Not you, but the team. Uh, both. Me and the team, are hopefully. <laughs> but uh, I think confidence. We, you know, you, you kind of come into the season with a little bit of, uh, you know, last season in mind. You know, you, you got to put it out, but, you know, you can't argue that, you know, we didn't want to repeat of that. So, uh a little bit of a slow start, but then, you know, you win a couple, you win a big one, you go out east, you beat BC, you, um, you beat North Dakota, and uh, you beat a couple good teams that uh, had good years last year, and they're good teams this year. You start building confidence, and then you start stringing wins together. I think we had a six, seven win streak, and uh, you just continue that, and then you limit your losses to, you know, 3-2. You know, just you need to bounce their losses, not nothing like uh, getting blown out or... Uh, you know, just not showing up to play games. Uh, and you, your confidence continues to grow when, you know, you're in every game and you expect to win every game. The Bruce that hat trick, what's it mean for the team? Uh, probably a little more for Leon than the team. Uh, we we had him try to make a speech after, but I think he was a little too excited and his <laughs> Swedish English didn't really make sense too much. But, no, we were pumped for him. Uh, Leon's a total team guy. Uh, you love when to see a guy like that uh, get uh, rewarded for all of his hard work, whether it's D-zone or off the ice after practice. Um, totally deserving, and I think if he sticks around uh, for, to be a goal for four years, that won't be his last one. How does physicality impact the team's overall production? 
Uh, it's important. You got to balance it. Uh, I don't think we're not the most physical team, but you got to have enough of it. Uh, you you got to make it difficult for other teams to play in our end, and I think that's one area that our D have really done well in the last ten games since Christmas is uh, you know battling in front of our net, not uh, giving up those second chance that you know if Sharon gives up a rebound, being able to box out and get into people on the walls. Uh, I think that's really helped with keeping our goals against down in the uh, second half. Has it been easier to be a captain this year? Uh, yeah, probably. Obviously, you, you, had, you have your ups and downs this year, but uh, we haven't had as, as much heartbreak as last year. Last year, you know, when it come, came to bounces, it felt like we were on the bad end of everyone. But this year, you know, we're getting some bounces, and, you know, we're playing well a lot more consistently, and uh, there's depth. Everyone's contributing. So it's been it's been a really fun season so far. But uh, obviously we got um, some big goals uh, ahead of us, so we'll see how uh, we finish out the season. You didn't mention the 8-3 loss to Ohio State here, but that does seem to be a bit of a, not a turning point, a curve. Yeah. Are you taking that loss with you to Columbus? Oh, yeah, for sure. That was, you know, you never want to lose your own building, especially in that in that fashion. So, uh, you know, we're going to go in there, um, ready to play really hard and, you know, maybe uh, return the favor, uh, have a little chip on our shoulder for sure. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs>